bouche Voilà les portraits sans retouche De la femme à laquelle j'appartiens Quand elle me prend dans ses bras Elle me parle tout bas Okay, we're just turning at five He's in the chat room. Bienvenue and welcome to our very first podcast for the man in the black suit. Hi everybody, I'm Pam and we're just so excited about starting this and it's uh, very ex just very exciting for us. This is a great time and welcome, welcome, welcome Sylvain Reynard to our podcast. Yes, we're so excited. This is Leslie, and we're really thrilled to see our listeners in the chat room. There's at least 22 of us right now. Uh, Sylvain Reynard always draws a crowd, and we are raising our glasses to you, SR. Yes, this is uh, Thanks for bringing the cab. Yes, it is. And, you know, we're sitting in the Café Soufflé on the Rue de Soufflé and Rue Saint-Jacques, which is across from Acacia's apartment in Paris. So it's uh, a, a nice evening, and we're watching the cars go back and forth along the street, and we're... Yes, we're, it's uh, a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful cafe scene we have. I love hearing all of the families coming back and forth, and we're enjoying our glass of wine. I'm so happy to see so many of our friends and new friends as well as we begin our inaugural podcast to celebrate the man in the black suit. So before we actually start with questions, I have a few announcements I'd like to make. Um, the Argyle Empire will be holding a chat with Nicholas Cusserer. Uh, Saturday on February 24th at 4 p.m. New York time. And uh, please make sure you use the hashtag TMITBS. But please, no spoilers since the Spanish and Portuguese uh, readers are waiting uh, on the publications. Uh, the Gabriel series podcast will be starting uh, Gabriel's Redemption on Sunday. At 5 p.m., uh, they'll be doing the prologue and chapter one. Uh, Alondra's work are campaigning for the Spanish translations of SR's books. Please join them in, in promoting all the SR Latin America fan accounts for their campaign. Uh, they're also sharing their programs on Wednesdays. Uh, Trilogia de Gabriel will be on at 3 p.m. Mexico time on Saturday, and they're discussing the Gabriel series in Spanish. Uh, they just finished the Gabriel's Inferno and should be starting Gabriel's Rapture soon. Noite en Francia, join them as they promote to get the man in the black suit in Portuguese. And of course, our dear welcomed guest, Asar, he's going to be in a chat tomorrow at 7 p.m. on Echo Hearts Sassy Vixens on Facebook. He's also working on his fourth book at the Gabriel series, which is very exciting. 
and that there is good news coming. So I urge everybody, if you haven't, go to the website. Please sign up for his newsletters because there's a lots of great things on it. There'll be news. Uh, there's also fantastic outtakes uh, of, of Valentine's Day for uh, Nicasia as I would, as a hashtag, and William and Raven. Uh, have the and there's also the infamous kitchen table outtake for Julia and Gabriel. So please, please go on and turn on to them. So now to without much further ado, we have our dear boss. Hi, how are you? How's hello, SR. We have plenty of scotch for you also. <laughs> yes, when you finish uh, sharing the bottle of Cabernet, the scotch is, the scotch is on us. Yes, yes definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us. Um, thank you for joining us on our first podcast, SR. We appreciate it. And we're going to dig into the questions. <laughs> you might want scotch after the questions. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to start with the first one, and I include this in the chat room as well. Uh, regarding the book, we're going to ask you, why did you select the location of Colony Switzerland um, in writing The Man in the Black Suit? What drew you to that area? Aside from the fact that all black... <laughs> Uh, and SR said there's a very interesting private museum there, and he included uh, the link to it. So that's a treat. We'll get to check that out. Um, I noticed, and I think Pam and I had discussed as well, that we had, um, obviously, Switzerland is a very important place uh, in the Florentine series as well. Um, and he noted that the village itself is situated next to Geneva and Lake Geneva, and it's very beautiful. Plus, you have a great view of the Alps and Mont Blanc, which I loved the reference to um, when we were, uh, when I was reading The Man in the Black Suit. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the Bodmer Museum, which is an inspiration for Nicholas's family museum. That is great. And Judith is also talking about the Toblerone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it's a family-owned museum and owns a famous portrait of Dante, Dante. by Botticelli. Yes, which we love. I think you know, many of us are going to check out that museum now. You know, I, I, the pilgrimages I've taken, I've got to start putting my pennies together. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> we need to do more. Um I don't know if you have any more thoughts on this, SR, um, about uh, what draws you to Switzerland. Uh, that was an important place uh, in the Florentine series, as we know. And uh, <laughs> I love Judith's response. There's always chocolate. And chocolate's always good. Yes. Switzerland's very beautiful. The landscape is particularly interesting. And the Swiss are interesting. <laughs> Sadly, I've not met many people from Switzerland. <laughs> That's so. true. Maru was curious if uh, the museum's private or open to the public. Um, and and hopefully like they'll the be... Fondue. I like the cheese fondue. And chocolate, of course. Um, <laughs> and our friends from Nortes and Florencia can't stay, but we are to tell Nicholas and Acacia that Brazil loves them. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Most definitely. Have Thanks, a great Andy. night, Andy. <laughs> um, wonderful. Yes, the Bodmer is open to the public, and uh, Franca had commented that Switzerland's like driving through a postcard. It's so picturesque. I, can I know. I, I can only imagine. I'm hoping. I'm hoping to visit there at some point. I just when I was flying from Paris into Italy, you fly over the Alps, and it was just the. It was so neat to see the snow on the very tops of some of the mountains that in the valleys in there. 
That was very mm. cool. That was very cool. So. I actually have a former roommate who I just saw on Facebook is actually living in Switzerland now. So maybe I have to try and reconnect with her to go visit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It would be, be a, a wonderful trip. So switching gears a little bit, SR, um, wanted to get a sense of how do you select names, and especially for the man in the black suit, um, how did you select the names? What's your process? What inspires you? And I see MJ has joined us. Hey, Bay. Hey, Bay. Happy you made it. As I was saying, for the names, part of it has to do with the culture of the character. Part of it has to do with the sound of the name. That makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. And he likes to choose unusual names. Yeah, and I think that's what draws us. I think that's what draws us to these characters as well. Mm -hmm. All the characters, whether it be Nicholas or Acacia or uh, Raven or William. Uh, Gabriel's definitely not an, an, a usually usual sounding name for somebody from central Pennsylvania. I <laughs> having done that, so but that's great. <laughs> I, can I can attest to that. Although I do know a couple Gabriels. I do know a couple Gabriels in south central Pennsylvania, so well done, SR. You do your reach. You've gotten your research right. So the story starts with the robbery and the death of Riva Casera. Do you follow art thefts? And if uh, have you seen any that have been recovered? Um, you know, as an example, I noticed uh, that the Gardner Museum was listed by the FBI as the uh, museum that had a robbery, and it was the largest moneyed dollar valued robbery in the United States and they uh, ha actually took some Rembrandts they got in Vermeer. I know I think the I'm looking at the chat room now and there's a lot uh, he just posted that he's interested in art he enjoys reading and writing about it. Mm -hmm. He did a lot of research on major art thefts in the 20th century the Gardner Museum Theft is a major unsolved one, of course. Although the FBI recently claimed they know who did it, and then there was uh, the major theft from the Musée des Art Modern in Paris, which was discussed in *The Man in the Black Suit*. And he also included a uh, link to the story. I, I find it fascinating because I know that there were um, some movies that have been made by around art thefts. Um, most notably is the one with, uh, oh, what's his name? I, I'm drawing a blank. I, it's, uh, Pierce Brosnan did it with somebody else. And, and yes, I love that one. Yeah. Um, and I'm blanking out. I'm completely blanking out on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, something Affair. The Something Affair. Yeah, yeah. I, I forget what it is off the top of my head, but it was a great um, movie and it's, I, I love watching some of the stuff. I could even get into uh, the theft of um, the Mona Lisa. Exactly. The, the Thomas Crown Affair. That's Thomas Crown Affair. Accessor. Yes. <laughs> I know, actually, when I was reading The Man in the Black Suit, the, it reminded me just a, just a bit mm -hmm. because of the storyline mm -hmm. of the Thomas Crown Affair, which I absolutely love that movie. Yeah. I love, I love the art thefts. I love that whole, uh, I hope I love that whole world. Um, having studied in Athens and seeing some of the antiquities, there was a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, antiquities and ancient art that had been stolen and mm -hmm. whether or not, the, uh, reparations and recovery should be made to the the countries of origin. So it was a really good discussion mm -hmm. um, to think about. So um, one of the things I noticed, SR, and, and uh, I think I emailed you a while ago about it too, there's a Hebrew saying that inspired me. If you touch one person, you touch generations. And there's also in the Quran, if you save a life, you save the world. Uh, 
in your research, did you find any other similarities um, in our world religious traditions? You know, it, it's always fascinated me. Um, I, I, was, I was telling Leslie earlier, I had a, a theology class uh, where we did some of that. As I was saying very much, of course, there are differences between the major religious traditions, but a number of the ethical teachers are the same. Be hospitable, give to charity, honor your parents, don't murder, don't steal, forgive. Oh, and thank you, ladies. They loved that question, and we really enjoyed that. SR's answer. I think there's a lot of commonality among the major religions of the world. I know, Pam, you had taken a class in college. I even was inspired and, and motivated from a class I took in high school. It was a world cultures class, and they covered all kinds of history, and, and they covered the major world religions. And even at that young age, uh, it made a huge impact because you could see how even though they each have its own unique traditions, there are many commonalities. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's very true. So uh, another, um, one of the things I understand about um, the man in the black suit is, and you've mentioned this in other chat rooms, that one of your insp inspirations was uh, the night manager. Yes, I saw Lily actually mentioned that as well uh, in the chat room. And that was a great series. I loved it. Um, I, you know, I was wondering, um, I believe that you write about, you create an outline in notes. So when did this sort of hit you when you were doing the, the uh, watching The Night Manager? Or uh, was it something that was playing in your head anyway and it just started? And uh, when you create your outline, do you know how you're ending the story before you start filling in the blanks. It was so good. Tom Hiddleston was so good in it. <laughs> I want to watch that. I was trying to see it earlier and I couldn't uh, access it, but I, it'll be on my to-watch list. SR had said usually he has an idea of the complete arc of the novel, but sometimes the minor plot points change over time as the story develops. And I was wondering that too. I was wondering if his care, you know, if as you're writing SR, if your characters kind of start speaking to you and maybe some minor, minor twists and turns evolve that you didn't imagine. And, and SR had said, you have to give the characters some freedom yeah, I think I think in some books you probably they're they're pretty adamant about <laughs> the direction they want to go, mm -hmm. and you have to see how they react to the situation as well. Who said? Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. He treats the characters as persons. I assume they are real and try to imagine what they would say, how they would act, etc. And I think that's interesting. I think that's an interesting approach to writing. Sr. I know in acting. You have to have that wherewithal, have that uh, understanding of the motivation of the character and what their background is so you can kind of approach a scene. And I think it's interesting that you um, use that in your approach to writing. Mm -hmm. I think that's really, I think that's probably why your books are so good. Yeah. And, and, and it's great that you, you're keeping an open mind as to how they're reacting to everything and feeling things. So. <laughs> I'm just laughing laughing because I just saw Maru's uh, post about, let's see what happens if Ava suffers some accident, shall we? <laughs> and I'm just laughing, and, Mar and SR saw it, and he's calling Maru out, saying she's naughty. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I knew as soon as we started talking about characters and motivation that... Ava would come up. <laughs> I had no doubt. I, I had think, no doubt. I think she's totally misunderstood, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I love her, it. That's that's humanity. a discussion. Give her humanity and she'll be fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. SR says sometimes you have a goal for a scene. But you realize the outcome you are dedicated, you're, you are directed towards, doesn't fit with the characters. So you have to just go with it and go in a different direction. 
That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I like exactly. That. And uh, Judith was saying all characters feel real. And I agree with that. I mean, it's very, they've all each are very authentic. They're all very well developed. And I think that's why so many uh, people are drawn to them, especially, um, well, I can't, I can't, I really can't single out one versus the other. They're all excellent. Yeah, says, for example, back in Gabriel's Inferno, I didn't realize Julia would end up in his apartment after she found him drunk in the bar. But I realized she would be worried in his health and safety, so she would stay with him. And that's that would be really consistent with her character. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, I just thought that whole scene was really beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, heartbreaking when he didn't remember it <laughs> when he woke up. Um, and is that Zusa? Will we turn in the fourth Gabriel book? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll be good. That'll be good. And Chris was saying, what I particularly adored was the mingling of cultures in the story. It was brought very masterfully. Um, but why would why different cultures? Um, MJ was saying, amazing. Um, and it's just been, you know, beautiful, uh, beautifully written scene. Yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. And you know, um, even with even with uh, uh, Nicholas's mother and Acacia, I I like that dynamic and how that worked out too. Oh, very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And SR said that he worries about our world, and so the novel was a way of bringing together cultures people assume are opposed to one another, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Get giving you a big heart on that one, SR. That's what we're about. And he's saying, I care what happens around the world and how people are treated. I want peace. Amen to that. Yes, absolutely. Great answer, SR. Um, and MJ said, you need to know well how well your characters are to be able to do that. And that's why his stories stand out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Peace and love is what we all strive for. I agree, Sam Castle. I agree. So I wanted to move on a little bit to tell a little bit about a story um, after connecting through Twitter as part of our community. Um, I had the chance to meet Pam when I was in Philadelphia for work. And since we both are based in Pennsylvania, uh, we thought it'd be fun to plan a road trip to Gabriel's hometown of Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania, which is about 50 minutes from my house. I live in Harrisburg, PA, which is referenced in the story as the place where they fly in and out of. It's also the state capital of Pennsylvania. Um, I see KK, also another Pennsylvania resident on the western side, has to run. Um, Take care, KK. Thanks, KK. And uh, so we we did this great road trip to explore Susquehanna University in the town. And we're asking SR, um, what literary pilgrimage has he gone on? And thanks, SR. It was great that we did the road trip and we had a blast. We did. Um, and we did post some. <laughs> <laughs> we did post some photos on uh, Twitter as we were going through that day, and we just had the best time. Uh, never found the apple orchard. No. Um, in fact, I was going to ask. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask him to find the music for Deliverance because <laughs> we were oh, driving and driving into nowhere land. Um, kept getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to get lost in the forest like Julia did. Mm-hmm. Um, but SR was saying in terms of his pilgrimages, uh, Florence was a pilgrimage for Dante. Mm-hmm. He's been to Russia. He's been to Paris. He's been to England and Scotland. The idea of a pilgrimage is a great one. I, I absolutely agree with you. I do. Uh, Obviously, Sullins Grove was a big part of that. Um, but my trip that was that I went on this past fall was also a big part of that. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I was in Italy at the Uffizi and, and um, the Pitti Palace and saw all the beautiful artwork that was there, the Botticellis and 
and what have you. And then um, yeah, I was at the Louvre and saw with about a thousand and two other people, the Mona Lisa, as well as other great artwork. Um, and England, I got to the bird and the baby, <laughs> which I love, the eagle and child. And uh, someone else I saw uh, in a uh, Twitter that thing that you went through as our, um, was there not too long ago as well and posted pictures, and I thought that was, that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, and beware because Leslie and I have another road trip planned. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up to the Great White North SR, so uh, just so be warned. <laughs> we will be in Toronto at some point, hopefully yes. in 2018. So yes. uh, want to see, see the Manulife building and the University of Toronto and the museum, mm -hmm. the famed museum. So, um, and, uh, of course, Holt Renfrew and... Yes, exactly. When SR was responding on other pilgrimages, he said he also likes to visit cities when he's going to write about it. Mm -hmm. uh, he was in and around Moscow. So very exciting because that means that is probably a location in one of the upcoming books. I think so. I can't believe it. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I, um, I know that Morocco is... I, I have actually been to Morocco many, many years ago, and it's a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to, you have to know how to haggle, though. You have to know how to haggle. I'll just Absolutely. Uh, one of the questions in the chat room was: Besides Florence, which one is your favorite of all the places mentioned in your novels? And SR said, probably Paris. Um, Paris is so beautiful, and there's so I'm, much to see. It really is. Um, I, I still, I, I keep saying that if I, when I win the lottery, if I can spend a month or so in each of the places that I visited this past fall, I'd be a happy, I'd be a happy camper. And, yes. Uh, just to be able to really delve into it a lot more. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, Lorraine has mentioned that she's never been anywhere. So the way every place is described in SR's books is important to her mm -hmm. so she can see the world. And I agree with that. That's a, one of the wonderful things about literature. It really helps transport you um, and broaden your horizons to places you may never have had a chance to see. Uh-oh. Hockey was conceived in Florence. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I love TMI, that. But that's great. <laughs> I love that. Um, Morocco's not on his list, but he hasn't, is on his list, but he hasn't arrived there yet. And he, he says Toronto is better in the summer. Absolutely. Uh, as you'll, you'll learn to know if, if you haven't known some of my tweets already, I am a warm weather fan. Mm -hmm. So uh, I definitely, definitely think uh summer would be a great time to visit or fall before the snow comes. We had talked about possibly coming up this winter because there's a big, I think, a, a winter festival that's going on right now. And mm -hmm. uh, then, I, then I started thinking about coming up through Buffalo and the, and the uh, lake effect snows through the, north, or the western New York area, and I just said, eh, not sure about that. Mm -hmm. So also, as I was saying, he tries to write in such a way as to take you with me. That's my goal, that we travel together. And we appreciate that. And I really feel like this podcast in particular, uh, since this book takes us so many different places, will be a wonderful, uh, wonderful way to explore our world and explore some of the wonderful places that we all would love to travel to or have traveled to and it's a great way to share and learn about the countries I, i'm seeing some talks of, talk of spain um and that's on my list i'm seeing canada california hawaii uh so there's some wonderful uh, opportunity to discuss uh the journeys that sr takes us to that's true that's true and we are going to some wonderful places and I'm looking forward to uh, going through them. And SR's thanked us for being the tour guides. We are happy to serve in that role, SR. Absolutely. 
<laughs> he's and he's pulled out the wine bottle. More more wine and more coffee for Columbia. <laughs> I love it. That sounds good. So we have another question for you, SR. Um, switching uh, gears a little bit in terms of writing process. Do you think someone could be a writer if they don't feel emotions strongly? Something I was thinking about um, as we were coming up with questions. That's an interesting one. It's probably not, although perhaps they could write nonfiction. That's a very good point. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I, I was trying to think if you didn't have that emotional intelligence, if you could write a character, if you could give a, you know, point of view to a character, um, or if the characters would be flat and they wouldn't be um, interactive. So, well, thank you, Judith. <laughs> Judith also thinks we're great tour guides and that we're doing great. Ah, thanks, Judith. Much appreciated. And I see we're still talking Costa del Sol in Spain. You guys make me want to jump on an airplane every time. I love it. Nothing, nothing better than feeling that the heroine's coming across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. That is true. That is true. Very true. Now, um, I had another question, and this is more of a more or less in terms of writing and when you were writing. When did you actually write um, The Man in the Black Suit? I was trying to determine if you write one book at a time, if you visit, if you can write several books, work on several stories at once. Um, I was trying to figure out was, did he write this after the Roman or did he write this uh, after Gabriel's redemption. Okay. Yeah, so SR is saying he wrote The Man in the Black Suit right after he finished the Roman, and it was published in December. That's what I thought. Usually he writes one novel at once. I have trouble doing more than one at the same time. I would probably write in that approach. I, I know for work, I have to shift gears a lot. I, I'm a communications consultant, so I do a lot of writing, um, but not the fabulous uh, novels and creative writing that SR and so many of our friends in the chat room do. Um, and often I do have to shift gears and it's difficult. Um, it's not as hard in the types of work that I do, but I would think when you're invested in characters, it would be challenging. Because I know my background is direct marketing, and so I was constantly multitasking between my different projects. So it was, it, mm -hmm. it's, and I, I could see where a writer would not be able, it, it wouldn't be good for a writer to be able to go out to all different areas. So you right. got banks and credit cards, and you got catalogs and email blasts and all that kind of stuff. So I could see that. And I think, um, as, as, as we mentioned, and as SR, and there's some chat going on in the chat room, that we're very happy and grateful uh, that he's working on the Gabriel's uh, series fourth book. And I think that's fabulous. I, I like the fact that he was really um, willing and ready to take us back on a journey with uh, Gabriel and Julia. So, I and I see Kez is in the chat room. Hi, Hello, Kez. And Frank, I understand you've got to get some sleep, work tomorrow. Good night, God bless, and uh, don't let any vampires in your room tonight. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy you could join us, Franca. What a, what a blast and what a blessing. We're having a great time on our first podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask, oh, go ahead, Judith Joe Penn. bringing up uh, Greek mythology. Why is it important to have it mentioned? In, in, she's in love with it, but why? <laughs> you know, and that's something but, I was thinking about, too, because I, I noticed that there's a lot of correlation in some of the, in, in, in the stories of Greek mythology. 
I know. I think uh, that's another reason why I'm drawn to that uh, and have been drawn to some of the books. Um, Greek and Roman mythology are interesting, but like Dante, people don't read them anymore, is SR's response. So part of what he's trying to do is transmit old stories. Well, you know, all I can say is I thank God that Mr. Goldsboro, who was my eighth grade English teacher, he was the one that really got us in, got me into reading Greek mythology. And I had that book, that paperback book, for so long. It was mm -hmm. so badly dog-eared and the pages were falling out of it because I would read it so much because it's just, they're great stories. You, you, you can't miss well, and and as uh, Sandcastle referenced, she just reread the Iliad, mm -hmm. and they are classics for a reason, and they are storylines that withstand the test of time and are also often re uh, retranslated into other um, fresher storylines. Mm -hmm. And as SR says, the stories were meant to prompt reflection and discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's true. I mean, Jason and the Argonauts is a story that I have read. I can't I can't even count how many times I've read it, and of course have seen the uh, Harry Harryhausen um, movie, uh, mm -hmm. Jason and the Argonauts with the little skeleton guys. But um, yeah, I I just I just love all that stuff, and I you know, and I've, as I said, I've been, my Mr. Goldsboro, God bless you, wherever you are. I thank you for opening it up to me when I was younger. Absolutely. Um, we're, that actually leads into um, the next question that I had is about how did you select the themes of the story um, for the man in the black suit? And I know we're also, I, I just see SRs uh, responding to uh, the question from our our amigas in Colombia about uh, reading about some of the Mayan culture, and she's currently reading about the culebras, and it's both enticing and terrifying. Mm -hmm. And if I'm correct, is culebra snake for my Spanish-speaking friends? I'm thinking there would be some uh, tie-in to that. Mm -hmm. And Maru was saying how she loves the book because art and mythology um, is a center of it. She feels so touched by their beauty that often her eyes become watery. Cool. Thanks, um, it is a Columbia. <laughs> Culebras is a snake. There's a small island off the coast of Puerto Rico called Culebra, and it's near Vieques, and it's absolutely uh, beautiful, and that's a place that I want to go back to. Um, the six-year-old has a calabra by the name of Gabby. <laughs> Aw, little Gabby. <laughs> and as uh, SR was discussing uh, the response to the question that I had, um, the themes develop with the characters in the story, but he usually writes about subjects he's reflecting on, things that troubles him, things he'd like us all to reflect on. You're such a great moral guide, and I and I mean that in sincerely. Um, you you reflect on things that we should all start reflecting on, and one of that's one of the reasons I recommend reading your books to other people, so that they can can absorb that kindness, like the and and see the world in in through better eyes. As far as you know, just it's. They're morally uplifting. So I appreciate that. Thank you, yes, sir. Yes. And I see Judith adds that it means the themes are from everyday life. Mm -hmm. And that's true. And I remember when SR was writing um, and finishing up The Man in the Black Suit, I remember there had been some Twitter discussions and he was talking about the themes of... Uh, racism and uh, discourse among uh, different religions and I think it's really important and incredibly timely 
in our world today to reflect on these and learn about each other. Mm -hmm. um, so Annette is saying just the depth in the writing brings us, the readers, practically into the scene. And such details open our mind's eye to see the paintings, the danger, and the cities. Yes. Yes, most definitely. And Joni was saying, your works are a labor of love, as are much appreciated by me and by all of us. I totally agree. SR is saying, hatred, anger, and violence are never going to solve our problems. Um, and he's thanking some of the kind comments. Uh, Lori did a, Lori's comment is, per, is particularly apropos. Um, SR brings light into the world. And I think we all definitely agree to that. Yes. Um, and Judith said, to have peace in the world, we need to open our hearts and our minds. Absolutely. And Lorraine commented that his word, his work made her think differently, and he thanked her for that. And that's what it's about. It's just about learning and being open uh, to uh, new experiences. And that's what the, the journey of reading Sylvain Reynard's work um, will, can, can do for you and can take you on um, a great educational journey, mm -hmm. um, and not only about art or music, uh, or various locations in the world, but about humanity. Uh, so, so and I had one, I, I did have one last question. Um, and then Pam, I know you have a few more. Yeah. Um, I made this comment to Pam as we were uh, preparing our, in fact, it was, this was after I did my first round of questions and I had wanted to know, um, because I had just listened to Gabriel's redemption again, and I was so struck by so many passages that were so, such beautiful poetic prose. I wanted to know, SR, if you've ever written poetry. I know it's different than prose. I know it's different than writing a novel, but I just think you have the soul of a poet. Yes. I knew it. Have I ever, knew it. Have you ever thought of publishing any of your poetry? <laughs> but not personal? for public consumption. Okay. <laughs> I can understand it, that. Poetry can be intensely personal, and I totally respect that. Yeah. He probably writes poems for his loved ones. I can see it now. Yes, that that uh, reminds me of a few I have stashed away from someone. Ah, I love it. That's sweet. Oh, and he actually said um, he won't publish, but sometimes he'll write poetry from the characters. Gabriel writes for Julia, etc. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. We all love it. We do. We do. Oh, go ahead. Go, oh, go ahead. I'm just, yeah, I was just ahead. going to read some more comments. Um, Chris reminded SR that... There, he once posted a poem on Twitter, so everyone go check your Twitter feeds to find it. Well, mine was, there, <laughs> mine was the, you know, the man from Nantucket. That was the one I always recited. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go down to that here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> my mother would wash my mouth out. So, ah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a, a little bit of, of a uh, new experience, I, I believe, for you would be self-publishing. How do you think that <laughs> went for you? <laughs> and as he's writing the response to that, I can read that he said sometimes he forgets things. Um, but in the case of <laughs> when he's in the thrall of you lovely readers and you talk me into things, he says, I'll end up drunk, broke, tattooed, and under a bridge while being arrested. Or, or, or in a box. SR, we have bail money. That's all I'm That's saying. Right. That's right. We'll bail you out. Just call <laughs> Pam and I. Send us a tweet. We'll be there. <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. My so. Too funny. So, Pam, as you were saying, mm -hmm. you were asking about... Uh, 
How was the self-publishing experience for you? Yes. This is the part where I thought you'd need some scotch, SR. Yeah. <laughs> so we're pouring you a glass now. Uh-huh. Do you want one. it neat or on the rocks? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, yes, it was a good experience. For me, the primary advantage is I don't have to wait a year from when to submit this manuscript to when it's released. A uh, traditional publisher can be quite slow in production. <laughs> That's true. I never, I never really thought about that part of the, the publishing. You know, I, I know that the manuscript goes, it goes through edits and everything like that, but I never thought about that part of it. So. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, and SR is thanking us for the scotch. And, and uh, Lily, we've started a GoFundMe page. <laughs> <laughs> SRB on money. <laughs> and if need, needs be, we'll share it. <laughs> that's that's <Yes>. right. <laughs> that is right. Yeah, I was curious about the self-publishing as well. I, I recently went to a seminar um, about a local uh, communications professional uh, who was used to doing the kind of writing that I do. Um, who actually started um, and published, is now published two books. And he was talking about the differences between the types of writing and what he went through um, finding a publisher and um, eventually publishing his work. He, he wrote a story, um, his first book was nonfiction, about his family and about uh, the history of his family's uh, uh property and uh, the the town that they grew up in. So uh, I know it's an arduous process. Uh, one of the things he was most surprised about is how much is um, expected of authors to promote their own work and to really help reach out and uh, promote uh, and sell your books. He said you should do it because you love it, not because you want to make money. <laughs> And SR is responding, saying, certainly you have more control when you self-publish. And he took a lot of risks in The Man in the Black Suit and didn't have to worry about an editor looking for Askins. Yes, looking uh, askance. askance. askance yes. More freedom. I, I, I think uh, that's, that's, the, that's what I hear when people discuss traditional publisher versus self-publishing. They really like having that creative control. MJ saying many authors are self-publishing nowadays and that she's glad he did it. Um, yeah, I noticed uh, Chrissy Mayer from the Fifty Shades podcast. Uh, she uh, had gone through this um, almost like a, a program to about publishing and auth being an author. And she, that's how she did her first book. So. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure creativity, creatively, it, it's got to be a, a lot more freeing for you as well. Mm -hmm. And SR said that he was lucky because the Gabriel series and the Florentine series were written the way he had wanted them. Mm -hmm. He was already on the New York Times list before Berkeley picked him up. So he had the readership backing him up. Mm -hmm. He owes everything to the readers. Oh, no, we, I was just going to say, um, we owe you so much. Mm -hmm. You know, you've brought you've brought a very generous, loving community together, and, and uh, you, we're you know all whether we're on Twitter, whether we're on Facebook, whether we're in a in a podcast or, or any of the chat rooms, we all seem to have a feeling of of, of all of us together, and, and that wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. without you. And SR's commenting that he knows his readers and he knows what they read. Mm -hmm. And so he writes for them, but he tries to bring them with him on the journey. And, uh, you know, and he's responding that he's create, uh, created a positive, global, compassionate community that is marked by care for neighbors. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and around the world uh, crave this community, and we have it right here. And it's true. I've got a doppelganger in Lebanon. <laughs> I've got <laughs> friends from Great Britain and the United States, Canada, Mexico, Colombia. 
all over. So Australia. Australia, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It really is. So another question I do have for you is, what do you do in your free time when you're not writing? Is there any hobby or, or anything that you do to sort of break away from all this? And apart from talking to, <laughs> to you great people? Glad we will get you everywhere. <laughs> OSR, you're making us blush. Um, he likes to travel. He likes food and drink. He likes to read. Mm -hmm. Are you a skier by any chance? <laughs> more, wine. <laughs> more wine. We all would like more wine. And I, our friends from Colombia were saying that this place is full with love, peace, laughter, and all kind of magic. It's truly a pleasure to be surrounded by such great people. And, and Chris is saying, very privileged to know you. Amazing community. And I feel like we feel this commonality of hoping to make the world a better place and, and knowing that kindness is never wasted. Mm -hmm. And of course, SR is a skier. He's Canadian. Hey, listen, I, was... I, I went to Aspen <laughs> when I was 22 years old, so I could learn to ski, and that was the last <laughs> time I was on skis. <laughs> I actually took skiing for gym class at Penn State. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that was, you know, my trips down the bunny slopes where my uh, helped get uh, gym credits so I could uh, graduate. It was lots of fun, though. Well, I went from Ajax Mountain to a nice, quiet, cozy inn. <laughs> <laughs> and we see SR admitted he's actually trying to get us drunk. Because <laughs> someone asked, Chris asked if you're trying to get us drunk, SR, Absolutely. and he said that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it is. It is in on in New York time. It is happy hour. So. Yes, it is, and it's always five o'clock somewhere. Just exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he prefers to hold the bail money. He says. Okay. <laughs> Wine and ha ha ha, the trouble, that's good trouble. And that it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Always five o'clock somewhere. That's what I love so much about Jimmy Buffett. You can always sing that song and you never get it. You never get uh, tired of uh, at 11 in the morning saying it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Whatever it may be. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow. So, do you have any additional questions for SR? I actually had one um, that I was thinking because we keep hearing about news, mm -hmm. and so many of us keep hoping and hoping mm -hmm. that there will be some kind of film or television series. Um, and I wanted to know, SR, um, oh, big news. That's, he said it. Big news, great news. Big news. As, as you become more widely known, particularly if the film or TV series propels your name to the stratosphere, I wanted to know how you will protect your anonymity. This is something you hold very sacred. And I think as fans, we are very respectful of your wish to be anonymous. Um, I do worry a little bit if, if things really go big that it might be difficult for you to hold on to that. There might be some really aggressive reporter, and I'm just speaking from that perspective because I've worked with the media for 20 years, and I know how aggressive reporters can be when they want to dig and find background on a story. So I was curious how SR may protect his uh, privacy. Or at least wanted him to know that I, I'm hoping he can hold on to it. Yes. That's right, Lily. Lily says, we will protect you. Always. I'll I've got, always. I've, I've got, I've got we you. all have your back, SR. And we have, you have a hiding space here when, if you ever need it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There are all corners of the globe that we can hide you in. I'm sure everybody would be 
uh, happy to open up your uh, open up their uh, homes to uh, help help you out. SR says, Leslie, it's a risk, but there are some endeavors that are worth the risk and readers and the big news I have are worth the risk. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> and he'll visit friends in the Philippines and hide out. Or, yes. may, or maybe you can um, go visit with uh, William and Raven. I, I understand that they have a nice quiet island. That would be lovely. Mm -hmm. MJ's mm -hmm. suggesting building a wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, MJ, we know that doesn't work. Casey's saying, please come to the Philippines. <laughs> Sweden would be nice. Japan. Mm -hmm. So many good choices, SR says. A lot. <laughs> I love Lily's comment. Nobody puts SR in the corner. That's right. Oh. So I just have one quick question on that regard. Are we going to be hearing this big news very soon? <laughs> Everybody's saying California. Joni's saying Rehoboth Beach, Rehoboth Delaware Beach, is pretty. Delaware yes, is nice it is. I love Rehoboth Beach. My aunt lives in Lewis, mm -hmm. um, New Jersey. Another John Bon Jovi yes. has a house there. That's a good Maru's spot. suggesting Patagonia. Mm -hmm. uh, Columbia said, if a movie series comes to happen, how would you handle movie fans and book fans in order to keep the peace among your fandom? We all know that everyone has its opinions and wants different things. And some might get angry about certain things, so there may be divisions. What advice would you give to movie fans and book fans in order to keep them united? That's and a good question. As, as regard to the news, uh, SR is saying it took a, it looks like there's going to be a formal announcement, and I don't know when that will be. Could be as early as a couple of weeks, or it could be later. Very exciting. Uh -huh. Fantastic. As he says, believe me, if it were up to me, I'd have announced it by now. And we know that. We know. See, again, the difference between self-publishing and a large corporate publisher. We know that you would share it if you could, SR. Right. Um, For the readers, there's no way to make a play, film, or series that would make everyone happy. That's, that's it, true. That's very true. And, it, you know... It is what it is. I trust you. I trust your agents and everybody working with you in that regard. That if this does come to fruition, that you know you'll you'll make, and they'll make the choices that will be the best. Yes. For the project. Lori's saying that the news will be worth the wait. That's right. Um, yeah. Ellie's saying respect. I, agreed, Ellie. Everybody, I think, will be respectful, and and we hope. Exactly. And as so, SR says, but if you believe in the project and in the company, you do your best. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this does give us something to look forward to, Annette. Within a couple of weeks, maybe a little more. <laughs> I think it's worth the wait. All the books, things. every book so far has been worth the wait. When he announces that he's writing a new book, mm -hmm. SR never disappoints. That's right. And all good things happen to those that absolutely so i wanted to announce yes yeah, speaking of good things of good things <laughs> the winner of the signed uh book by sr is packy sarah packy congratulations, congratulations packy we just we're giving the book away to packy sr so we're, we're excited about that um i believe i have your email address sarah from um the rafflecopter so i will uh send you an email or send us a direct a dm and we'll get uh, we'll get all the information together so that's very exciting i'm very happy for you and uh so we we want to um add some reminders of uh stuff that's coming up we know that the uh gabriel four book is in the in the works and we're looking forward to that when it comes out uh, and also to remind people that there is a not safe for work out Valentine outlet of Nicholas and Acacia and uh, in Paris for Valentine's Day. And I am, you'll be blushing reading it. So congratulations. Um, the also some w wonderful out other outtakes, as I said earlier, the kitchen table outtake is 
uh, particularly uh, notorious and revered within the community. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, the uh, William and Raven's uh, love letters and their outtake is on SR's uh, website. Uh, we would like to let you know that our next podcast will be next week at 5 o'clock at the same time. Uh, we'll meet you at the Café uh, Sofé in Paris, and we will be discussing the prologue and chapter one of, of The Man in the Black Suit. So it's getting exciting. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. And thank you so very much, SR, for joining us on our first podcast. It has been a complete honor to have you with us. And thank you for your donation of the book. It okay. really was tremendous. We had, I believe, over 900, nearly 1,000 entries. entries on it. Yes. Um, which is phenomenal. So <laughs> congratulations um, again, Packy, for uh, winning the yes. book. And, uh, so, and so we're really excited about getting started uh, reading the book. One thing I recommend, though, if you are listening to the audiobook, <laughs> don't put on the New Jersey Turnpike and hit Santorini at the same time because <laughs> I almost rear-ended a tractor trailer one night. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Pam, I can only, I can believe yes. it because that Santorini uh, scene is just breathtaking. <laughs> it is dangerous, SR. Mm -hmm. I see that. And SR, um, SR just stated that there were over 900 en entries. Yes, and almost a thousand, I, between yeah. nine and almost a thousand. And he says, I'm going to promise to offer another copy before you end the podcast. Wonderful. Oh, wow. That's very nice. Thank you so much. We, Thank you, know, you, SR. And we will definitely find somebody for that. And because uh, I've got that in a spreadsheet somewhere hidden under everything else. Yeah. On my <laughs> he said, yes, sometime this year he'll donate another book to the podcast. Great. Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, so we wanted to wish you all a... a uh, uh, bon, bon noir. Uh, good night. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Until we meet again yes. at the cafe. Yes. At Cafe Souffle. And I will at post a picture of it so you know what it looks like. It's, it's, it's a very, it very has really nice food and nice people and, and the wine is nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank uh, you, we, SR, again. Joining Look us. forward to seeing you again, hearing you again next week. Okay. And uh, many, many thanks, SR. This, this was quite special. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at TMITBSFP on Twitter and or at PAML4155 Twitter or at LOA717. And uh, we will... Uh, be around and uh, don't if you have questions you make comments everything is welcome so again thank you all so much for joining us on our very first podcast i know it's over it's overwhelming it's yes. really been great so much fun so thank you again and we are going to send you out with since i am listening to ellie's uh wonderful I've had her uh, stuff going on in the background. We will go out with uh, Who Else Could it Could I Be? by Peter mm -hmm. Bradley Adams. Thank you and have a good night. Good night, everyone. Enjoy your week. Somewhere down the river There's a golden shore Where the pine trees whisper we did it. Words I've heard that was fun. Before. I could have gone another hour. <laughs> well, I was trying to, that's why I was trying to paste the questions. So we would, I think it's important to stick within an hour. I really do at this time of day, because you could see people are starting to tag off right around six. 
Um, so, and uh, that's great that he's offering up another book. Oh, Maurice, Maurice saying we're still on the air. I'm loving this. This is excellent. <laughs>